Thank you for tuning in, and I am excited because tonight we've got a special message that I wasn't planning to do. So this is like extra bonus, right? God works all things for good, and we've got an extra one here um, for the Amazing Prophecies series. And the other thing that's special about tonight is that I'm going to show a couple of stories that I think you're really going to enjoy from different parts of the world, from Adventist World Radio. Now, I may have shared with some of you that I get, a, I get the privilege of working for this ministry, Adventist World Radio, and this ministry broadcasts the gospel message to almost every country on the face of the planet. In over a hundred languages and a thousand stations worldwide, AWR is broadcasting the gospel to the hardest to reach places on earth. And our motto, no walls, no borders, no limits, because you can't limit the radio waves. You can't limit the gospel spread. And so by God's grace, we've been able to see how his gospel goes to the world. And it's incredible. So the topic today is on prayer. And the specific title is The Secret of Answered Prayer. And I'm going to go through with you some secrets from Scripture on how we can know our prayers are answered and what the secrets are to answer prayer. But before we begin into the subject, I'm going to go ahead and jump right in to our first AWR 360 story, Protection from Pigs. This is a story from the beautiful country of Tanzania. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to a country shared by thousands of animals. Over 120 different tribal groups and home to some of Africa's most famous national parks. I'm in Tanzania and this is AWR 360. <laughs> My name is Michael, and I live in the northern part of Tanzania. I have a beautiful wife and family, and grow vegetables to sell. As a teenager, Michael had embraced the Seventh-day Adventist message, but as the years passed by, he laid aside his faith and slowly forgot about God. Michael settled down, married, and began to put all his time and energy into growing vegetables for sale. He took pride in his beautiful garden and always kept it neat. Then one day, something happened that would disrupt their peaceful, quiet lives and ruin Michael's garden. I started having terrible problem. Wild pigs would come into my garden at night, destroying my plants and eating my vegetables. In order to protect the crops, I began staying up all night to keep watch. One evening, as he kindled a fire and prepared for another long night, Michael switched on his radio. 
The station plane was new to him, but the words sounded strangely familiar. It had been so many years since he had heard anything about Jesus. It was all such a distant memory. The night passed more quickly this time, and when morning broke, Michael's little radio was still playing the station he would later learn was Adventist World Radio. The second night, Michael again turned his radio to AWR and this time invited five of his neighbors to come listen as well. On the third night, a message about faith was presented on the radio. My heart was touched and I said to my friends, if there is a God big enough to protect our crops, why are we staying up the whole night? Michael decided he would give God a second chance. In an effort to test and see if God was real, Michael remained home the next night instead of going out and watching over his crops. Before bed, he gathered his family together to listen to AWR and pray for God's protection. The next morning, Michael went outside to survey his crops. Amazingly, there was no damage. I was so excited and went running back to share the good news with my family. For the first time in my life, I realized that God was real and cared for me. Night after night, Michael returned home, listened to his radio, and once again prayed for God's protection before peacefully sleeping. Michael's neighbors began to ask questions. They had watched as the pigs passed by Michael's fields, only to eat their surrounding crops. The neighbors felt sure it was witchcraft. But Michael gladly explained about the radio and a God who would even protect vegetables from pigs. Several of my neighbors decided to test God too and listen to AWR at home instead of guarding their crops at night. And the pigs no longer bothered their vegetables either. Before long, Michael, his family, and 30 other people from his village decided to give their lives to Jesus through baptism. We are so thankful for Adventist World Radio. If we had not heard it, we would still be out in the dark, guarding our crops from pigs, and would have missed hearing about Jesus. Three years later, Michael's garden continues to grow well, and the wild pigs have never returned. Michael loves to tell everyone about Jesus, and with a big smile, shared with us that he is a missionary now. His love for Jesus and the Seventh-day Adventist Church has been rekindled, and he has a passion born from a personal experience of faith and trust. And all of this is the simple result of a radio broadcast and a God big enough to answer prayer. Thank you for your generous support of Adventist World Radio. Through it, lives are being touched and transformed for eternity. From broadcast to baptism, this is AWR 360.
wow, wasn't that incredible? That's one of my most favorite stories of AWR. Michael and how he prayed and trusted in God, listened to his radio, and sure enough, his garden and the gardens of all his friends there in the village were protected from the pigs as they had faith and as they prayed in God's, uh, prayed to God for his protection and mercy. So I hope you enjoyed that story and I hope it's encouraging to your faith. Well, tonight, as we think about prayer and answered prayer, what are the secrets to answered prayer? Well, I want to take you first to Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. Now, I don't have slides for all the verses tonight, so I'm going to ask you to just follow along. You can take a note or just open your Bible to the text as we go through them. So the first one is Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. And this is a, a one that many of you will find familiar. Jesus said these words, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now this, this is amazing because Jesus says everyone. The Bible couldn't be more specific here if it mentioned you by name. It says everyone. That's all of us, right? You'd be tempted to think it's talking about somebody else, but no, the Bible says here, everyone. But still, some people think that even then, God's not really talking about them. He only answers some of our prayers and only some of the time. Is that really true? Well, friends, let me take you to another verse. John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. Okay, John 14, 13, and 14. Listen here to the words of Christ. Jesus says, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now pay attention carefully to the words that we just read. The Bible says, Whatever you ask. And it says, anything you ask in my name. Now, some of you might be saying, well, Pastor Kyle, that's like a blank check. <laughs> that's like a blank check that God already signed, and all we have to do is fill in the amount. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of like blank checks. Now, I don't really use checks much anymore, so maybe we'll call it like a, a big debit card. <laughs> but hey, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, but that doesn't really work for me. I mean, come on, Kyle, is there something wrong with that promise that Jesus made? Well, that brings us to our first principle that is a secret for answered prayer. The first principle is we need to pray in Jesus' name. We need to pray in Jesus' name. You've got to pray in his name. Remember, Jesus told us, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. So what exactly does that mean? Does that mean you can make a list of requests and everything you want and just slap Jesus' name on the end and that's going to be good? No. Would that make sense? Not exactly. That's not really what the Bible means, friends. It's not like some heavenly vending machine that you just put your money in and get what you want out. There's a story from the time of Alexander the Great. It's a very interesting story. If you've ever been in the military, you know that if you sleep on duty, it's a big deal, right? 
If you're on guard and you're caught sleeping, it's a big problem. Today's military, I don't know, maybe those of you that are in the armed services, you would know you might get fired or demoted. In the olden days, it was a lot worse. You might lose your life. In the time of Alexander the Great, that's what often happened. And sure enough, one of his soldiers was found sleeping. And they dragged him to the great conqueror. And uh, Alexander the Great said, young man, is it true that you slept while you were on duty? What is your name? Suddenly the young man had a glimmer of hope. Because he said, sir, my name is Alexander, just like yours. Then what you need to do, Alexander the Great told the young man, you either need to change your conduct or change your name. You see, friends, that's what it means. It's, when you have somebody's name, it means you represent them. You represent who they are, their character, right? So to say that we have the name of Jesus as followers of Jesus means that we take on his character. We represent him. That's what it means. It doesn't mean I can ask for anything I want. It means that as we ask in his name, according to his character, having his life living out in us, that our prayers are answered. Now remember what Jesus said also in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. He said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does what? Who does the will of my Father in heaven. And friends, that's one of the biggest concepts in Bible prophecy, that we take the name of God on ourselves, that we allow God to recreate us in his image so that we become more like him. And our characters become more like Christ. So to pray in the name of Jesus doesn't mean that we necessarily say his name out loud. It means that we live in sync with the things that are important to him. That we take his values. Jesus said, if ye love me, keep my commandments. That we do the things that he's asked us to do. So principle number one, we need to start living like Jesus would live and take his name as our own. We need to pray in Jesus' name. That leads us to principle number two for, for answered prayer. Pray with faith. Pray with faith. James chapter one and verse six is, uh, James chapter one, verses six and seven tell us these words. Turn with me there. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Now, I know some of you are asking, what exactly does that mean? It means that if you want to have your prayers answers, answered, you've got to get rid of the doubt. You've got to learn to trust that God does hear your prayers. Now, of course, that leads to another problem. What if some of you are saying, well, Kyle, I do have doubts. I, sometimes I do have doubts. and Sometimes I don't feel like I have very strong faith. And I would say to you, I understand. There's times when I feel that way too. But you know where I go when I struggle with my faith, friends? I go right here to the Word of God. Because this is where our, our faith is strengthened. And I want to take you to a verse that has been a wonderful verse um, that reminds me of the power of God's word to strengthen my faith. It's Romans chapter 10 and verse 7. 
Look at this verse. The Bible says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So friends, what do you do? How do you increase your faith? You need to hear the Word of God. You need to read the Word of God. You need to get in this book. If you find that your faith is struggling, if you find that you're struggling to, to really believe that God will do what He says, I want to challenge you guys. Read your Bible. Open it up. Just read it a little bit of a, uh, just a little bit of time a day if you've not been reading it recently. You will find your faith grow as you read God's Word. It's kind of like um, <laughs> some people tell me, they say, they remind me, you've got to eat. Kyle, you've got to make sure you don't forget to eat. <laughs> because sometimes when you're busy, you know, it's easy to forget. But you know what, friends? Just as it is important to eat our physical food so that we don't starve, it's more important to eat our, our spiritual food so we don't starve spiritually. Because how many of us neglect, we may eat our three meals a day or two meals a day or whatever, but we forget to eat our spiritual food, which is even more important. Because if we don't eat this every day, our faith is going to slowly, slowly die away. So friends, how do we strengthen our faith? We need to read God's Word. And when we feed on God's Word, when we make it a part of our daily routine and it gets into our heart and our minds, it only makes sense that we will start doing what God wants us to do. And we will become more like Him and it will build our trust in Him and we will see more prayers answered. Now, speaking of faith, there's a story that some of you have probably heard. It's an old story from Niagara Falls. Now, if ever you've been to Niagara Falls, you know it's a big, big waterfall, right? One of the biggest in the world. And it's beautiful. But they used to have these guys, I don't know if they still do, but they would walk across the falls on a tightrope, if you can believe that. It's amazing. And um, so there's an old story that this tightrope walker would walk across the falls on a tightrope and people would watch, hundreds of people from the sides, they would watch him and they would watch with bated breath as he would go from one side to the next. He had done it many, many times. One day he told the crowd, he said, I'm going to attempt something that I've never done before. Do you think I can do it? Yeah, they all shouted, we know you can do it, we've seen you go. He said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go across the tightrope with a wheelbarrow. Yeah, we know you can do it. Okay, thank you. And then he pointed at one man. He said, do you, sir, believe that I can do it? He said, yes, sir, I know you can do it. I've seen you go across this falls a hundred times. I know you can do it with a wheelbarrow. He said, okay, I want you to get in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> what do you think that man did? Do you think he got in the wheelbarrow? <laughs> nope. He wasn't quite that confident in the man to get in the wheelbarrow. He would say, by his words, he said he had faith in him, but his actions were not quite in line with his words. And it works that way with God, too. It's easy to say, I have faith, or I believe, but it's another thing to live like you have faith. So that's principle number two, friends. You've got to pray with faith, which means you've got to start, to, you've got to start living like you believe in God. Do we believe and trust Him? Now what's principle number three? Principle number three is to live a life of obedience. 
This is where so many people fall apart in their prayer lives. Because we want God to do what we want. We don't think about how it works the other way around. And yet that's exactly what the Bible teaches. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. 1 John chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. The Bible says, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, I want to be very careful here because we have to take all of Scripture together to understand the truth of Scripture, right? This is a principle that we must live obediently according to God's commandments, but it doesn't mean that the commandments save us, right? We haven't, we've studied that a little. We're going to study it more in a future night. We're not saved by works, but at the same time, Jesus is crystal clear. If you love me, John 14, 15, keep my, what friends? Commandments, right? You're going to live in harmony with the will of God. And if we refuse to do that, it drives a wedge between us and God. Because the Bible teaches that sin actually separates us from God. It actually removes us from the life giver. So you've got to expect that if you're willfully sinning, it's going to damage your relationship with the one you're trying to pray to. I know we've all been there. Maybe you've struggled with a sin in your life, and you know that when you're struggling with sin, it's harder to connect with Jesus. But I'm here to tell you today, friends, He wants you to come back tonight. He wants you to give your heart to Him. And like we said a couple of meetings ago, or the verse we referenced, remember 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is what? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He will do that for you. But if you keep living in sin, it's going to separate you from God and it's going to prevent him from being able to answer your prayers. Psalms 66 verse 18 says this, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. If I regard iniquity, that's literally lawlessness. Lawlessness. So if I regard iniquity, lawlessness, it kind of indicates that I'm not really interested in doing what God wants me to do. I'm not really interested in having a real relationship with Him. And if I'm not interested in having a real relationship where I'm doing what He's asked me to do, how can I have a vibrant prayer life? How can I expect God to answer my prayers? And if that verse wasn't clear enough, look what it says in Proverbs 28 and verse 9. One who turns away his ear from hearing the law even his prayer is an abomination. Now those are strong words, but important ones to consider because, friends, the reason a lot of prayers go unanswered is because our lives are filled with unconfessed sin. And that shuts down the lines of communication between earth and heaven. Remember, God's not going to force you into his kingdom. He's not going to make you do what he wants you to do. If we keep living our way, Day by day, if we keep just doing what we want to do, God can't participate in that. He can't work with us like he could if we're trying to do his will. And so, friends, tonight, I want to appeal to your heart 
to remember this third principle that we need to live a life of obedience. And if you've not been, friends, tonight is the night I would like you to recommit your heart to Jesus and ask him to give you the strength to live a life of obedience. So that leads us to principle number four, secret for answered prayer. We need to make things right with each other. Make things right with each other. If you look at the Ten Commandments very carefully, you'll notice something very, very interesting. The first four commandments, I don't know if you've ever seen this, it's fascinating. The first four commandments deal with our relationship to who? To God. The last six commandments deal with our relationship to who? Each other, right? So the first four are about God, our relationship with God. The, the last six are about our relationships with other people. That's why when someone asked Jesus, which of the commandments was most important, this is how he replied. Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Amen. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So if you really want to live in harmony with God, it means making things right with your Creator. And it means making things right with the people in your life. Even the difficult people. Because to have the mind of Christ means to live like Jesus lived. And He was willing to give up all the glories of heaven for the sake of saving us. I know there's probably difficult people in your life, friends. People that you may not easily get along with. But Jesus can give you the grace and the love to love those people and to be like Jesus to them. Notice what Jesus says about worshiping God at church while you hold a grudge against somebody else. Now listen to these words from Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. Jesus said, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar, and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Now that doesn't mean necessarily that you have to like what other people do. It doesn't also mean that in certain situations you have to stay in an abusive situation or a bad situation, but it does mean that you need to forgive the people around you. And you do need to sort things out with people if you're going to be a part of the body of Christ. Jesus designed the church for all of us to work together with all of our unique gifts and talents and quirks and personalities, and we've all got to learn to love each other and work together. What God is looking for is harmony and forgiveness among his people. Remember what Jesus also said. He said, they will know you by your love. If the church was full of love, imagine how many people would want to be part of it, friends. I know it's not always easy to get along. I get it. But God can give you the grace. I remember the, old, the words of an old preacher who said something very true, and I'll never forget it. He said, to live with the saints in heaven, that will be glory. But to live with them on earth, well, that's another story. 
But friends, we gotta, we gotta learn to live with each other and to forgive each other and to love each other. So that's principle number four, make things right with others. So, principle number four, principle number three, live in harmony with God. Principle number four, to the best of your ability, choose to live in harmony with others. And that brings us down to principle number five, our final principle. Pray according to God's will. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And remember the words of Jesus when He was, right before He was about to go to the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane, remember what He prayed? He said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus is our perfect example, friends. And if we want to see results, if we want to see our prayers answered, then we've got to pray according to God's will. And that means we trust God that he knows more than we do, and we trust him that he knows the right way. Of course, now we could pray according to our will, and I know sometimes we do. Sometimes I've probably done that myself. But you know what? It doesn't lead to the right answers, because the Bible says in Proverbs 14, verse 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the, its end is the way of death. In other words, our gauges are broken. We don't see things as God sees, right? Our hearts and minds are affected by sin, and we don't really always know what's best for us. Plus, we can't trust our feelings half the time. Our feelings deceive us. So we have to trust in God, and so we choose to trust that he's always going to do the right thing. That's why Christians need to say, Lord, here's what I'd like, but what I really want is your will to be done in my life. Not what I want, Lord, but what you want. Make that your prayer. And so sometimes God says yes to those prayers. Sometimes he does, and praise God for those times. But sometimes he says no, or sometimes he says not yet. What do we do in those times? You know, <laughs> I thank God that he doesn't always answer our prayers in the way we want them because sometimes I've prayed for things and I look back now and I'm like, okay, Lord, thank you that you didn't answer my prayer in the way I wanted it at that time. <laughs> I'm so thankful that you had a better way. Friends, as we trust God, we know that he has the best way. So trust him with your life. Trust him with your desires, your hopes, your dreams. He knows what you need, and he will give it to you as you trust him. Remember what the Bible says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. If we could see the end from the beginning the way that God can, we wouldn't have it any other way. Because the day is coming when God will open the books of judgment and show us why he did things the way he did. And when we see it, we're going to agree with him, friends. Revelation chapter 14, verses 3 and 4, talk about that day. The Bible says, They sang, as it were, a new song before the Lamb, before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders, and no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These were redeemed from among men 
being first fruits to God and to the Lamb. Friends, one day when we sing with the saints in heaven, we will see that God knew the end from the beginning. And even in our hardest moments, in our roughest times, He was working out His will to accomplish His purpose. I want to share with you now a video, another story from Adventist World Radio. This one coming out of Africa, southern Africa, a story of a, of a woman named Lulu and her husband Tabo. And Lulu and Tabo had a very interesting story that I think you're going to want to hear. Lulu's prayers, though not answered immediately, were answered in a miraculous way, which I know you're going to find just amazing. Let's watch now the story of Lulu and Tabo. I am here in Zambia, hearing stories of lives transformed through the work of Adventist World Radio in this country. Broadcasting in the local language, a team of dedicated volunteers work tirelessly to bring the gospel to these beautiful people. Messages of hope air every single day, sharing the truth about health, family life, and the Bible. And as a result, many precious souls have been baptized. There are so many wonderful stories, but the following one immediately captured my attention. Love, dreams, and miracles cannot be topped. I was young and saw nothing wrong with dating Tabo. His charm swept me away and I fell in love. He wasn't an SDA, but assured me it was no problem. We could happily attend different churches. Lulu soon married Tabo and looked forward to a happy future together. But sadly, her world quickly caved in. Upon receiving what he desired, Tabo demanded that she attend church with him and give up her strange beliefs. Lulu refused and the beatings began. Once the apple of his eye, she became the subject of constant abuse. Fearing for my life, friends and church members encouraged me to stop going to church on Sabbath and follow my husband. After many beatings, I decided to heed their counsel. I hated going to church with him though, and my heart remained with the SDAs. One night while sleeping, Lulu dreamed a strange dream, and in it she saw a small radio. To her surprise, she dreamed the same dream again, and saw the same little radio. When morning dawned, Lulu brushed off the dreams and went on with her day's activities, not telling her husband of the experience. Returning home from work the same day, Tabo walked into their home carrying a bag. 
Lulu gasped in astonishment when she saw its contents. It was the same radio in her dreams. Together they sat down and turned the radio on. The station playing was Avenus World Radio. They listened, then switched the channel. AWR still played. They switched to another channel. Exasperated, he tried several more channels, but despite tuning in each direction, it continued to play Avenus World Radio. Tabo shut it off and jumped up frustrated, while Lulu continued to sit there, amazed at what God had done. As the days passed, Tabo continued to act uninterested. But as Lulu listened to the AWR broadcast, soaking up the words of truth and encouragement, Tabo began secretly listening from a distance. One day my husband called me in and said he had something to tell me. I have a confession to make, he began. My mind raced. It must be something serious to call me in like this. To my complete surprise, he told me he had been listening to Adventist World Radio and realized he had made a terrible mistake. Secretly listening to the radio, Tabo had come to believe all the doctrines of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, checking them with his Bible. Despite what he once thought, he found his wife had been right and he wrong. My husband apologized for the way he had treated me and encouraged me to go back to my church, saying he would follow me there. Tabo made good on his promise and followed Lulu to church that very next Sabbath. Together they studied and soon Tabo was baptized into the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Tabo does not beat her anymore and peace has returned to Lulu's home, as together they look forward to the soon coming of Jesus. Will you join us in sharing this message of hope and peace? Many other homes like Lulu and Tabo's are broken, and they need to hear about the salvation in Jesus. Please pray for the work of Adventist World Radio and consider donating today. Together, we are making waves from broadcast to baptism. This is AWR 360. Praise God. Isn't that an amazing testimony of answer of prayer? Lulu had that dream about the small radio and then Tabo rings the radio. I just love that story. I love to see how God worked in a miraculous way to bring both of them back into God's truth. And um, it's incredible. And you know, God is doing that around the world. He's answering prayers. He's given dreams and visions. In the Middle East, we hear of people coming to Christ by having dreams and visions because they are praying for light and truth. Friends, when people's hearts are seeking sincerely, God hears 
those prayers. And even through the hard things in life, like we saw with the story we just watched, Lulu went through a very hard situation. She probably didn't understand why God allowed that all to happen to her in those moments. But you know, the verse comes to my mind, and this is a verse that has meant a lot to me personally through things that I've gone through in my life and in my family. And friend, no matter what you're going through, no matter what I'm going through, remember that God has an ultimate plan. And don't forget that Jesus prayed that prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then God the Father answered Christ's prayer through a cross. And the cross, friends, is not a good thing. It's, it's the very worst our world had to offer. It was, it was suffering. It was death. But look at what God has done through that most terrible thing. He's taken the humiliation of his son and he has been able to offer you eternal life. The cross is the most beautiful example of how God works all things together for good. Friends, God is in the business of being able to turn things around. Tonight, I would invite you, give your life to him, give your heart to him, put your trust in him. Pray according to his will, and he will answer your prayers. So let's do a quick review of those principles. Remember, principle number one, we need to pray in whose name? We need to pray in Jesus' name. Number two, we need to pray in faith. Pray in faith. Number three, we need to live a life of obedience. Number four, we need to make things right with others, live in harmony with others. And number five, finally, we need to pray according to God's will. I pray, I pray that as you take these keys, these secrets of answer prayer, that it will help your spiritual life and help you to see that God wants to answer your prayers and that he will answer them and that he always answers in his time and his way according to what's best for you. I want to close with a story of a, a well-known gentleman who is a personal inspiration for me. And if you've never read his story, I'd encourage you to read more about him. But he's an incredible, incredible person who lived in England and had a tremendous burden for helping orphans. His name was George Mueller. Now, Brother George not only had a tremendous burden for helping orphans, he was a tremendous believer in the power of prayer. In fact, if you read his story, you'll find that over and over again, he just prayed when he needs, needed things, and God answered his prayers in sometimes very dramatic ways. There was a story, one of my most favorite stories from George Mueller, happened in Bristol, England, and... Um, it happened at one of his orphanages, and you know, sometimes he would, they would literally run out of food because they were dependent on donations to keep the orphanage going. And one morning, they had come to a critical situation. They were out of bread, they were out of eggs, they were out of milk. And the story goes that he received a visit that morning from a lady by the name of Abigail Townsend. And as she walked into the orphanage, she saw the children getting ready for breakfast, and they sat down at these long tables, and each, as they sat down, each one of them had their plate, they had their cup, they had their silverware, but there was one thing missing. They didn't have any food. So she, she, she kind of worriedly, she went up to George Mueller, and she said, well, um, 
where's the food? George, what are you going to do? And he calmly replied, he said, Abigail, we don't have any yet, but the Lord will provide. You see, George always prayed and he always knew that God provided for their needs because they were doing his will. They were caring for these children. So he turned to the children and he said, children, let's ask a blessing of the food. And so they prayed, dear father, we thank you for the food that we are about to receive. Even though we don't know where it's coming from, dear God, we know you are going to provide. Just then, right at that moment, as they're finishing the prayer, literally, there was a knock at the door. Guess who it was? It was the local baker. He said, I couldn't sleep last night. I was impressed to get up at 3 a.m. and bake bread for you guys. And so here, I'm delivering a whole bunch of bread just for you. <laughs> Incredible. And no sooner had they closed the door on the baker that another knock. This time it was the milkman. And he said, listen, um, I'm so sorry, my cart just kind of broke down right in front of your orphanage and I can't deliver the rest of this milk. It's going to spoil unless someone uses it. Do you guys have need of any milk? The same thing happened for the eggs. And friends, that's the way it was with George Mueller almost every day of his life. <laughs> One time, he was traveling by ship to Canada when a thick fog settled over the Atlantic so thick they couldn't continue their journey and for days they were just drifting and one day Mr. Mueller spoke to the captain he said look I've got to be in Canada this weekend is there any way is there any is there something that you can do to get me there well what do you expect me to do Mr. Mueller I'm as anxious to get there as you are and look at the fog I can't control the fog well George said I know one thing we can do we can pray so they went into the chart room to pray, and the captain later told people, Mr. Mueller talks to God like a friend. You can sense the presence of God when he prays. It's as if God is right there. Well, Mr. Mueller prayed, Lord, you know I have to be in Canada to do your work. So please, Lord, lift the fog, and I thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. <laughs> well, when Mueller finished praying, the captain said, George, do you want me to pray now? And George said, well, no, I don't want you to pray for two reasons. Number one, you don't really believe that your prayer is going to be answered, so it probably wouldn't do any good. And secondly, there's probably no need for you to pray because I believe God has already answered my prayer. <laughs> Why don't we go outside and take a look? And sure enough, they went outside in the fog was gone. And Mueller made his appointment in Canada that weekend. Friends, I believe with all my heart that there is a God who answers prayer. The answers might not always be as dramatic as George Mueller's, but I know that God hears your prayers tonight. And if you would just lift, put your life in his hands completely, you're going to discover that he really does answer all of our prayers always. So I want to invite you tonight, wherever you are, put your trust in Him. We're going to pray together, and I want to invite you to trust that God will hear your prayers, and that He's going to answer according to His will for what's best for you.
Amen? Let's have a word of prayer together. Father in heaven, thank you so much for reminding us tonight that you are a God who hears prayer. Lord, we don't always know what's best for ourselves, but we know that you know what's best. And so we want to say today, we want to say like Jesus said, Lord, not our will, but yours be done. And Father, whatever our, our many requests are, our, our hopes, our desires, our dreams, people we're praying for, people that are sick or hurting, family members that we have burdens for, Father, we lay those tonight at the foot of the cross. And we ask that you would answer each prayer according to your will and in your time. And Father, help us to trust you, even in those moments when we don't get what we hoped for, when times are tough and the clouds roll in. Help us to remember that you work all things together for good to those who love you, and that ultimately you're going to work it all out for the best in the end. So Lord, tonight we put our trust in you, Help us to keep praying more and more. And thank you most of all that one day we're going to see you face to face. Bless us now the rest of this night. And thank you for being with us during this amazing prophecy seminar. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.